0: This is Small Business as Usual, a program about the art of operating small enterprises and the issues faced by the owners. It's a presentation of the Community Economic Development Fund in Meriden, Connecticut. I'm Frederick Welk, a business advisor for CEDF clients. The Community Economic Development Fund is a nonprofit lender providing financing to qualified small businesses in Connecticut that can't obtain traditional bank financing. More about CEDF at the end of the program. This episode is about creating diversity, inclusion, and equity. This year has had many sad reminders about the costs to society when our country is not aligned in its values. When you hear about efforts to expand opportunities for disadvantaged communities, do you just assume that it's an initiative of government or a large corporation? Well, maybe it's something that small business owners need to be engaged with too and not just as window dressing to make a good impression on their stakeholders. I found someone who can explain what's in it for everyone.
1: I am Karen Hines, founder and CEO of Workplace Success Group. We are a training and consulting firm which specializes in leadership development, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And we're preparing tomorrow's leaders today. It is very important for small businesses to look at diversity, equity, and inclusion, not just large businesses. As we think about how does an organization stay relevant, if you're serving your community, if you're serving your clients, you have to know who they are and what their needs are. So all organizations, educational institutions, nonprofits, small businesses, large businesses, everyone needs to pay attention to diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, in order to be successful moving forward. But it's not just about the optics. Diversity is also intellectual diversity, making sure you have a difference of thought at the table. So it's a number of different characteristics. Some we see, such as the ethnicity, we might see the race, we might see the gender, but you're not going to see the educational background, the, the socioeconomic background of an individual, their religion or other characteristics that make up a diverse workforce. So think of it this way. So diversity, it's often said that diversity is being invited to the party and inclusion is being asked to dance. So diversity is having different people at the table, different people within your workplace. The inclusion piece comes when we invite different opinions we actually listen when we invite others to participate in different projects invite them to your social gatherings so it's actually making the extra effort to include and invite people to your close circle so to speak it's very important for small businesses to pay attention to diversity and i'm purposely including equity and inclusion when you have three or four people let's say you have even five or six maybe ten you want to ensure that you have different opinions at the table. You don't want to fall into groupthink. You want to ensure that you bring different innovative and creative ideas to the table. So even though an organization might be small, it is still very important, and even more so, I would say, to ensure they have a difference of opinion and thoughts at the table in order to meet the needs of the organization and the clients at whole. When we think about the definition of inclusive leadership, it is having a leader who recognizes what each individual team member brings to the table, they acknowledge that, and then they ensure that individual has the right resources and the right opportunities to express their talents, express their opinions, and help become a much larger part of the organization. So it's, it's about being mindful of Who's on your team and how do you prepare the environment for them to shine? when you think about how can best practices for inclusive leadership, I think whether it's a small organization or a large organization, I think the leader needs to first look at, do an audit of their decision-making skills because everybody thinks that they're inclusive. Everybody thinks that they're doing the best they can do, but sometimes we have those blind spots. So sit down and look at your decision-making patterns. Who do you assigning the best tasks to? Who are you inviting to the table on a regular basis? Who are your go-to people? Those are just some examples of what leaders can look at in a small organization. And again, in a large organization as well, to begin to individually examine how they're showing up as an inclusive leader. If you find yourself going to the same people all the time, chances are you're not being very inclusive. Every organization needs to examine the obstacles that would hinder inclusivity. And I think one of the biggest one is our unconscious bias. As human beings, we all have preferences. It's it's just part of being a human being. It's just natural. But what we do with those preferences is what make a difference. And those preferences will dictate how we show up and what we value. So being very aware that your unconscious bias, the things that you naturally gravitate to, could lead to exclusive practices instead of inclusive so paying attention to uh, your natural preferences and examine is it helping the organization because we know like gravitates to like so be very mindful of that those unconscious biases I like to call it uh, diversity, equity and inclusion awareness, because at this stage we can't train anyone to do anything. So when you think about what exists currently, it's about how do you build the awareness of leaders and your individual contributors? I think right at this point in our history, there are lots of resources online on YouTube. Our organization also on our website, we offer a number of free pre-recorded webinars that we have there anyone can listen to. But there are lots of books available as well. There are books, there are videos, there are so many free resources. So I think for any organization, what's important at this time is to do things like reading a book together, looking at a video and then having a discussion. So you're not training, you're helping people to become aware of a different perspective that we all have different experiences in this world and we're educating each other on experiences that we may not be familiar with. Any business that has has been run by an underrepresented leader it's important for them to be aware of as well. People who come from underrepresented populations live in a very marginalized world, but as a leader, they may have other individuals who are on their team who may not be aware So whether they're being led by an underrepresented, someone from an underrepresented group or not, it is still very important because we're building a community, we're building a movement that's going to help the organization grow and everyone needs to be involved. I would say before any business thinks about improving their diversity and inclusion efforts, first of all, look at why they're doing this. Is this a check the box activity or is this a value that the organization plans to carry out indefinitely. What's happening due to the murder of George Floyd, a lot of organizations have issued statements, and I'm not sure how many are aware of what that really means beyond the statement. So I think it's important for organizations first to make DEI a value, not a priority, because priorities change make it a value so it then becomes embedded into the DNA of the organization. So no matter what is ahead of the organization, this stays top of mind. I think it's like any other business or culture change. It's going to take time, it's going to take effort, and it will take strategy. However, I do believe that what small businesses can do is they can use, they can lean on your network. So begin to intentionally go outside of your comfort zone and connect with people who are different from you. Look at your community colleges, look at trade schools, depending on what industry they're in. Look at people who might even be retired as a way to source a different kind of talent. So using your networks as one particular way to expand diversity, equity, and inclusion, it goes beyond just diversity in, in talent. You can also look at different strategies for team building. Look at different strategies around how do you launch a new product. If you're going into a market and you're going into a diverse area, encourage a community to come along with you and get their input. Don't just launch in a vacuum. I've seen a number of organizations who, small businesses, where they had a launch, the launch was for a particular uh, demographic that was from a marginalized community, and they did not consult that community. So this is the time for small businesses to use their networks. And if they don't have a network that's diverse, use this time to begin to connect with different associations that may service. There's a Latin associations for whatever profession you could think about. There's one for black, there's one for Asian. So it's very important that small businesses use the networks that they have and then purposely build new ones as they look at ways in which they can expand their DEI efforts. Every organization, especially for businesses that are small, need to rely on their current employees to act as ambassadors to attract diverse talent especially if they already have somebody who's diverse within your organization so this is the time to ensure that you're building that internal culture that makes it a good place to work and then word of mouth will spread you're asking the employees to be active ambassadors to promote your organization because we know if you love where you work i'm going to tell my friends and i'm going to tell my friends friends so using that as a source of recruiting strategy is also a wonderful way Every small business that is looking to prepare their team, especially when they have no one currently who is diverse, can start with diversity of thought. Are we are we accepting of individuals who are different? It, it starts with a mindset. Are we open to different ideas? Are we inclusive in our approach to decision-making? Are we subscribing to that groupthink method, or are we being a bit more welcoming? So starting with that something very basic. Let's start with what we have. Even within a group that looks the same, you could still have diversity. So starting in a very small way, and also using this time to educate your team on what it is to lead an inclusive workplace, what it is to exist in an inclusive workplace. So it's education, it's practice, it's going back and reevaluating how are we Doing. So, when you do have someone who comes in that's very different from you, whether that be culturally or otherwise, you already create an environment that lets everyone know that they're welcome regardless of their thought. conscious bias is a preference that we have our brain receives 11 million bits of information each day we can only process 40 pieces of that and what our brain does is a giant computer and it's literally filtering those million 11 million bits through our experiences through our values what we grew up with the movies we watch all of us have unconscious bias. It's not a bad thing, you know, because when you see a snake hissing, your bias is going to tell you that's a danger. But it's when we begin to use that preference to hurt other people or exclude other people to find ourselves in trouble. So I think as small business owners, it's to want acknowledge, and every human being should be doing this, we all have bias. We're not going to get rid of them, but we can acknowledge that they're there examine when they begin to kick in, so to speak, and then ensuring that we're not using them to exclude or harm other individuals. So it comes in in terms of when we do recruiting or when you're looking at resumes or who do you consider to be leadership material? It's when it is a value of the organization and it's not just a check the box. So we're not just doing activities. We're not just doing seminars. It becomes a part of the philanthropic work of the organization, the marketing work, it's part of recruiting, it's part of compensation, it's in the leadership. So think of every system within the organization. There shouldn't be a system or structure within the organization where you're not able to look at it through a diversity, equity, and inclusion lens. That's when you begin to recognize you have true diversity, equity, and inclusion, and not an activity or something that's done for show and tell. When we think about how can business owners track their progress, it's like any other cultural initiative. What is important to the organization? And that's different for different organizations. For some companies, they need to attract more women. For some organization, they need to attract people of color. For other organizations, it means much different things. So like any other cultural initiative within an organization, first recognize what is the need, what are the goals, and then for the organization to sit down and figure out where do we want to be in six months, in a year, in two years, and what are the KPIs we need to pay attention to, to in order to achieve that. And that's an internal conversation that needs to happen. This doesn't necessarily have to be just purely numbers driven, but there can be environmental changes. One example could be where we want to make sure that there's pay equity among our team members. Another example could possibly be whenever we are putting out an RFP, we want to make sure that we have diverse vendors responding or if we're filling a position, let's ensure we have a diverse slate. Those are just a few examples, but there's so much more that small businesses can do, especially because they can be so responsive to the current environment. When we think about how DEI can benefit or strengthen a small business, we think again from the perspective of one, being agile, two, being innovative, and three, being creative. Every small business needs those three. And when you have a difference of thought at the table, studies have shown that diversity will increase the performance of any organization. So I think as a small organization, now is the time to begin to put the structure in place that will support a diverse environment, an inclusive environment, an environment that is equitable.
0: Many thanks to Karen Hines for helping broaden our understanding of diversity, inclusion, and equity. You can find out more about her company at workplacesuccess.com. Thanks to Kesta for Music, our theme is by Orchestral Movement of 1932. Small Business as Usual is presented by the Community Economic Development Fund, a nonprofit organization which provides enterprises in Connecticut with term loans, lines of credit, and commercial mortgages when they can't get traditional bank financing. For the seventh year in a row, we're Connecticut's top SBA micro lender. We make business term loans at very nominal interest rates, as small as a few thousand dollars and larger business loans too, from a pool of loan capital provided by many of the state's leading banks. There are geographic and or income qualification requirements for the borrowers. You can find out more about all of this at CEDF.com. And this episode of Small Business as Usual is available there, it's number 20-6. Karen, thanks for redoing the interview. I don't know how I could have forgotten the first time to start the recording function in Zoom.
1: Our brain receives 11 million bits of information each day. We can only process 40 pieces of that.